today, as we share and come to this table, I have two words that I want to give to you and ask that you focus on these. And the two words are, please remember. Please remember. Because we are commanded to remember. And if we don't remember, then heaven forbid, but we forget. And I don't want to forget. And I don't want you to forget. And today, we're going to look first in the 22nd chapter of Luke. So if you want to join me there, please do. We're going to move there, and then I'm going to make some comments about there and other places in Scripture. But this is a statement of Jesus coming with his disciples in the 22nd chapter of Luke, starting with verse 7. It says, Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Now, I want to focus right first on Passover. Now, we may know a little bit, but maybe not a lot, about Passover, because that is a Jewish celebration. And it goes all the way back to Egypt and to Moses and to the book of Exodus. Now, if you want to turn there, but I'm just going to make a few comments about what we find related to the Passover when it actually happened hundreds, thousands of years ago. It's in the 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th chapter of Exodus. God is in the business of protection and deliverance. Now, I want you to hear that, and I want you to remember that, because even as we come to the table this morning, there is deliverance and protection involved and all of what we will do, and all of what Jesus Christ has already done. But at the Passover, and during those days, do you remember a little bit about the story? The Israelites, God's chosen people, had been in slavery for 400 years. That's a long time, folks. Slavery at the hand of the Egyptians. And now God, with Moses as the point person, was saying to the Egyptians and to Pharaoh, let my people go. Let my people go. Give them protection and deliverance from this slavery. And did Pharaoh do that? No. 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 Over and over and over. No, no, no. And so what did God do? He brought plagues, horrible experiences on the Egyptian people. Livestock was killed. Hailstorms thundered down on the land of Egypt. Flies invaded their houses, completely covered their bodies. Horrible situations coming on the Egyptians. But are you aware that those horrible situations did not afflict the Jewish people? 
if you go back to Exodus 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, you will see that there are very specific discriminations by Almighty God that here are the Egyptians and here are his chosen people. Because for his people, then and now, God is in the business of deliverance and protection. Now, I want you to remember that because... No, we're not Jewish people, but they are our heritage. They are our forefathers. They are those that have gone before us. And now we come to the, the plague of Passover, where I guess I would have to say that God had just had enough. And he said, okay, this is a drastic and terrible thing, but I am going to send death into the households of all the Egyptians. Death to Egyptian people and to even children. I hate to even say that, but that's what Scripture says. And so our table, we are rooted in this Passover experience because what did, what did God tell them to do? To kill the Passover lamb to put the blood on the doorposts. And when the angel of death, the destroyer, saw, experienced that blood on the doorpost, then he would pass over that household. And we were commanded, and we read scripture a moment ago that said, you are to commemorate this day for all generations. So the Passover, and that's what Jesus is doing here. He's saying to his people, we've come now to the Passover. Now, is it any wonder that Jesus is about to go to the cross during the Passover, the sacrificial lamb? And we understand that we don't need a sacrificial lamb anymore as it, they did in the Old Testament, because now we have Jesus Christ, and he has become the sacrificial lamb. So our Lord's Supper that we're going to take today is rooted all the way back to the Passover, but rooted in the wonderful love of Jesus and Almighty God in that he wants and will deliver us, and he will protect us. Now, reading on, there in the 22nd chapter of Luke, he says he wants to have the Passover. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare for it, they asked. He replied, as you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters and say to the owner of the house, the teacher asked, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room, all furnished. Make preparations there. They left. I want you to listen to this. They left and found things just as Jesus had said them. So they prepared for the Passover. Just a statement right there that Jesus knows everything. Almighty God is omniscient. He knows everything. He knew 
He didn't have to go searching. He knew where the room was. He knew where the person was. He knew where the house was. He knows because he's Almighty God. And they now are moving toward having this Passover meal. But then it says when the hour came, Jesus and his apostle reclined at table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat the Passover with you. Remember, listen, how many times he's saying Passover. Deliverance and protection. Please remember. I have eagerly desired to eat the Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. That's the first time he said that. I will not eat it again until I have to say something to you. This is not, and this is not, the Last Supper. Have you ever thought about that? The Last Supper is the Last Supper. (laughs) No, there's going to be more. We're having it right here. It's the Lord's Supper. It's communion. But I don't know why people call it the Last Supper. Because he says that I will not eat again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And after taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you, for I tell you, I will not drink it again, the fruit of the vine, until the kingdom of God comes. Do you understand here, and there are some characteristics about the Lord's Supper that I want us to grasp. Here he's saying that it will be happening again. What is he saying? He says, when the kingdom of God comes. Now, I want you to realize that there are times in Scripture where Jesus refers to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is near. He has said that several times in Scripture. And Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Who is he and what is he referring to when he says the kingdom of God? He's referring to himself. The kingdom of God is Jesus Christ. When he says the kingdom of God is near, Jesus Christ is near. When he says seek first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness, he's referring to the kingdom of God. Here he's saying that I will not eat or drink of this Lord's Supper, this Passover meal, until the kingdom of God is at hand, until it is fulfilled. Now, when's that going to happen? When do you think that's going to happen? Let's just go over here to the book of Revelations. They're going to have a party, folks. We're going to have a party. All believers are going to have a party because in the 19th chapter of the book of Revelation, verse 6 and following, it says, and I want you to listen to the party because they're not calm and peaceful. They're not quiet and shy. It says, then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and like loud peals of thunder, shouting, Hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad 
and give him glory for the wedding of the Lamb has come. The wedding of the Lamb has come. This is a bridal party, a wedding party. And then it says, and his bride has made herself ready. Who and what is the bride of Christ? The church, you and me. And it says, fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous act of the saints. Also, you are saints. We don't need anybody else to declare us saints, folks. We're declared saints because of the presence of Jesus Christ in our life. And then it says, then the angel said to me, write, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. This is not the Last Supper. <laughs> There's going to be another major, major Lord's Supper. And he added, these are true words of God. So the first characteristic of this Lord's Supper that I want you to think is that we need to anticipate. We need to anticipate what? The coming of Jesus Christ. He is coming again. Amen? Yes. I just wish he'd come on. This world is a mess. And when he comes, there's going to be peace and power and righteousness. Not because of you and me, but because of him and then through his power. And so he is coming again. He promised us that in what, John 14, you've trusted in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house of many mansions, and I've got to go away. And sure, surely as I go away, I will prepare a place for you. And then I will come back to get you so that you'll be there where I am. Jesus Christ is coming back, and you and I need to anticipate as we come to this table today. Then he goes on and he says, He took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now over in the 11th chapter of 1 Corinthians, Paul reflects back as Paul talks about the Lord's Supper. And again, he reminds us that Jesus said, and I'm going to emphasize that again, Jesus said, no man said this, no pastor said this, no teacher said this, well, the master teacher said this. He said, do this in remembrance of me every time. Now, sometimes I have a fear that things of the Lord get a little too familiar for us. And we don't want this or anything of the Lord to become too familiar that we take it for granted. So please, the second thing I want you to think about today as we come to this table is that we are to commemorate, we are to remember, we are to put in memorial Jesus Christ and his broken body and his spilt blood. Please remember. Now, the third thing I want you to remember 
is that you and I need to participate in this table. We need to be active in this table. Now, you're here this morning. In just a little bit, we're going to serve you with these elements. We're going to take the bread and the cup. So you say, well, but now, wait. Doesn't that mean that I'm participating? Well, maybe not. You're going to have to look at yourself and take this before the Lord because participating or just being present is different than being totally engaged, totally committed, totally remembering, totally believing. And, of course... We open this up for all believers, but if there's anybody in this room right now that's not a believer in Jesus Christ, the first step for you to participate is to come into an awareness of and a belief and an acceptance of Jesus Christ. But having that, this table is for all that believe in Jesus Christ. But you and I as Christian people, I'm so thankful you're here. And I believe that you know what I'm saying here. But this is no small matter, folks. In fact, sometimes I think this is the pinnacle of worship. When we come before the Lord and he gives us, he offers us his broken body and spilled blood through these symbols. And so we must participate So, the fourth thing that we must do is we must proclaim. This is a witness of the presence, the power, and the gift of Jesus Christ. And when we witness and proclaim, then we honor him. We give back something because he has commanded us what does the 28th chapter of Matthew say? Go and make disciples, baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And teach them everything that I've taught you. And Acts 1.8, you will receive power and power will come on you. and You will be my witness in, in, in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. So when we come to this table and when we take it and when it's known among our family or hopefully even among the community that we celebrate Jesus Christ in this way with his gifts then we are witnessing we are a chosen people a royal priesthood a holy nation we're God's own people through this and through the presence of Jesus Christ so that we can proclaim the great things of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's 1 Peter 2.9. Wonderful passage that says that we have been given holiness through this and through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And then we're given these things so that that's an important two words right there in that, in that passage. We have this joy and freedom and forgiveness so that 
we can declare, we can proclaim, we can witness to the great things of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. So we come to this table with this kind of anticipation, with this kind of remembrance, with this kind of participation, and with this kind of proclamation. And without that, we come unworthily. Without that, we come empty-handed. If we come just because it's something King's Grant Baptist Church does, no, please, please, please remember this day and every day the, the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Please pray with me for a moment. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you so often, but uh, almost every time I say that, I am aware that it is so trivial and so small compared to what you have done. But we come before you. We come to see that you have sacrificed. You have given your blood and your body to protect us and to deliver us from sin. To give us the freedom and the forgiveness that is a part of you going to the cross. As we come to this point, we ask you to take care of us. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen.